Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Elaine B., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Today is Friday, November 10th, 2017. Today we're reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in the forward to the second edition, page XVII, reading three full paragraphs, starting with Hence the Two Men and ending with It's Pioneering Time. Today's readers are Donna L. for the 12 Steps, Reggie O. for the 12 Traditions, Ashley P., Penny L.C., and Sylvia F. The reference number for yesterday's 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting on November 9th, 2017 is 10654. That's 10,654. The reference number for this morning's 7 a.m. meeting for November 10th, 2017 at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time is 10656. That's 10,656. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will ask everybody to please press star 1 to mute your phone unless you're Donna L., who will read the 12 steps for us. Hi, this is Donna L., um, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Clearwater, Florida. Happy Friday, everyone. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you very much, Donna L. I'll now ask Reggie O to please read the 12 traditions. Hi, good morning, Elaine. Thanks for your service this morning. Great to be here with everybody. This is Reggie O, gratefully recovered in the Los Angeles area. Uh, Tradition one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, There is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Let me check in. Elaine, can you hear me? Yes, just fine, Reggie. Thank you. Great. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop drinking, uh, is a desire to stop eating compulsively. 
Four, each group should be autonomous, accepting in matters affecting other groups, or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Reggie O. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the forward to the second edition, page XVII, and we're reading three full paragraphs, the first paragraph starting with Hence the Two Men through three paragraphs, ending with the pioneering time. I will now ask Ashley P. to begin reading. Hi, this is Ashley P., recovered in Northern California. Can I be heard? Yes. Thank you. Okay. Hence the two men set to work almost frantically upon alcoholics arriving in the ward of the Akron City Hospital. Their very first case, a desperate one, recovered immediately and became AA number three. He never had another drink. This work at Akron continued through the summer of 1935. There were many failures, but there was an occasional heartening success. When the broker returned to New York in the fall of 1935, the first AA group had actually been formed, though no one realized it at the time. A second small group promptly took shape at New York to be followed in 1937 with the start of a third at Cleveland. Besides these, there were scattered alcoholics who had picked up the basic ideas in Akron or New York who were trying to form groups in other cities. By late 1937, the number of members having substantial sobriety time behind them was sufficient to convince the membership that a new light had entered the dark world of the alcoholic. It was now time, the struggling groups thought, to place their message and unique experience before the world. This determination bore fruit in the spring of 1939 by the publication of this volume. The membership had then reached about 100 men and women. The fledgling society, which had been nameless, now began to be called Alcoholics Anonymous from the title of its own book. The flying blind period ended and AA entered a new phase of its pioneering time. Um, Well, first of all, I just, I wanna um, thank everybody for their service and um, just say how grateful I am to be on the line today and um, how grateful I am to read this, these paragraphs and to have them so um, deeply affect me. I had read the book um, a bit before um, coming into a way, um, but it just it it didn't it, it it didn't have the kind of effect that it does now. And and when I read these pages now, I'm so grateful for um, these lessons in history and and for the the emotions that it stirs that it stirs up in me. Um, so 
we're talking about the, the beginnings of Alcoholics Anonymous, and and we're talking about um, the publication of this book and the the naming of um, of this group of people, which is responsible years and years and years later for um, my recovery and and for uh, the the end of, of binging and restricting and and a lifetime of depression and anxiety um, because of the work that that these men did, which you know they could never have dreamed of that it it would affect um, somebody like me years and years later. Um, so I just wanted to start with the first paragraph um, that in 1935 uh, there were only three recovered alcoholics and that um, there were many failures and, and only a few successes, but, but by the end of, um, or let's see, by the fall, um, the first group had formed. And, and so that's all that's needed, right? Are um, a few, a few successes to, to build on um, and that there is, heartache and 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 failure and um and and yet whenever there are just a few successes there are these huge miracles which can occur and it only took the recovery of one person who talked with another person and affected that another person who then affected another person and and from those three the very first group in um in AA formed uh and they they couldn't know what was going to happen with that and so it really gives me um a lot of a lot of gratitude for not knowing the the bigger picture but but having faith that there is always a bigger picture um and then in the next paragraph it says that by late 1937 um these men had made enough changes in their lives that they could convince others that um, uh, that a new light had entered the dark world of the alcoholic. So that's that's only two years later, and and these these men whose lives had been devastated by their addiction were able to um, within that period of time turn their lives around enough that that they could convince people of of a, of a change that could be brought about um, in other people's lives. And that's not a lot of time. That's amazing. And I know that for me, um, within about a year and a half, literally so much in my life has changed. Things that I, I never thought could could be different and, and the things that are sticking and, and maybe haven't changed as much What's different now is that I have a willingness Gentle reminder. To, to see these things differently and um, and for them so that they, they can change. So I'm just so grateful for um, the miracles of, um, of, of this book. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much, Ashley P. Who would like to comment on these paragraphs today? Ginger Sylvia. <laughs> Ginger C, Sylvia F, Reggie O, Reggie O. Anyone else? Let's start with that. KB, Ginger, uh, Sherry KB. Okay. So Ginger C, Sylvia F, Reggie O, Sherry KB. Anybody else? Laura G. Laura G. All right. Please go ahead, Ginger. Sheila G. And Sheila G, I got you too. Thank you. Thank you. Please go ahead, Ginger. Thank you. Great. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Ginger C. Recovered in Colorado. And um, I just get so excited when I think about these first 100 and their examples, you know, and how fortunate and blessed each and every one of us are because they wrote a book so we could follow it and get exactly what they got. And I love the beginning of that paragraph when they frantically, you know, that's a pretty strong word, 
But that's how they worked this program frantically because they knew their lives depended on it. So there's no resting on laurels as we talk in the back of the book. You know, they were always on the firing line going to great lengths for their recovery because, again, they knew their recovery depended on what they were doing, not what they were thinking, but what they were doing. It's into action. So they frantically sought out these alcoholics, and then this amazing program emerged. But it wasn't just waiting. You know, God's brought you a boat, but you've got to row it. You've got to go show up, and you've got to do this thing daily. It's a daily reprieve, contingent. You know, my spiritual maintenance, that's all I have. It's just this 24-hour period. What am I going to do with it? But the miracles that can come, you know, unfortunately, our rates in this program are so incredibly low. And that's the saddest thing to me. But you know what? If I keep my light shining bright, somebody may see it. And that light comes from God, my higher power. And then that person that's dying behind me in the quicksand, it just wants to have a little second out of the nightmare and the hell that they're in, you know, we get to pull them out. What a miracle. What a gift. But again, I just love how they work it. And here we, all we have to do, I have to call a telephone number and get a sponsee. Hello. They had to go to hospitals. They had to go to institutions to find people to work with or the bars. They were out in the street on the cold winter nights when it was wintertime and blizzards were out and they were still doing this deal. So no excuses ever, and what a miracle and what a gift. And I just pray I stay in it, and I stay in this book, because those are my directions, and that's how I have the life that I have today, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. A little brain cramp there. Thank you, Ginger C. Thank you very much, Sylvia F. You're up next. Please press star 1 to unmute. Oops. Sylvia, star one to unmute, please, followed by Reggie O. Here I go. Thank I, you. I'm, I was in muting hell again. This is Sylvia oh, F. I'm, I'm recovered compulsive overeater in Northern California. And what this describes to me is that we have... Uh, two people setting to work on other alcoholics so that they can stay sober. And then uh, they add to the group and then they keep on working until we get to, you know, our hundred. It's over, over a, just a sh very short amount of time, a couple of years, until all of a sudden they discovered they had a group. And, they, and, then, um, and then the group was able then to carry the message. So what... What this reminds me of is, and is that line at the end of the second paragraph, the numbers of members having substantial sobriety time behind them was sufficient to convince the membership that a new light had entered the dark world of the alcoholic. And you know, what is, uh, what, what is our purpose as a group? You know, I'm, my purpose as a member, as, as of someone still suffering, you know, my primary purpose is, you know, to be abstinent and to carry the message to someone who's still suffering. And and uh, how I do that is, you know, working the steps with a recovered sponsor and um, and then I, I can carry the message. And what happened here on a vision five years ago was, you know, kind of this exact same thing. A number of members having substantial sobriety time were able to carry their depth and knowledge to us on the phone. And um, I remember that first meeting, you know, five years ago, I was fortunate enough to be on the line, not recovered, and to hear the message and know that that's what I wanted and know that if I would work with a recovered sponsor, I could have that too. And, and what's happened in my experience with OA is the same thing that's being described here is that I come to a vision for you and I hear the message and I carry the message and I work the steps and I, I get recovered and I carry those, I carry that message of depth and weight out to the fellowship, the face-to-face -face, or wherever I am in my community. I remember to carry the message because my primary purpose 
you know, is, is to carry this message to someone who's still suffering and to be a maximum service to God and my fellows. And, and I've, I've lived in three different communities now uh, in the five years since this has started. And I can carry the message back to the meeting and I'll, I'll share something directly out of the big book, whether it's, whether it's a big book meeting or not. And someone in that meeting will be interested and they will follow me out and we will talk and I will get to work with that person. And then that person sponsors and then there's two of us and then there's three of us. And then pretty soon, uh, you know, the, the OA meetings that have been kind of faltering has changed their format and there's an enthusiasm and excitement that is so palpable and, um, and it changes communities not because I'm trying to change the community, it's because I'm following the directions right here of carrying the message to those still suffering. And um, reminder. thank you, uh, Elaine. And, um, and so uh, I was just at a region, regional meeting for OA and heard so many people say how their um, meetings are, are, are not thriving. And that has not been my experience uh, there. You know, we have a very viable, enthusiastic membership, and it's because we carry the message of hope. With that, I pass. Thank you very much, Sylvia F. Reggie O., you're up next, followed by Sherry KB. Thank you, Elaine. Uh, this is Reggie O. again, uh, grateful to recovered compulsive eater in Los Angeles area. And, you know, I just, I, I so love this history, you know, and this morning feeling like, you know, the, the, these, are the, these are the people whose shoulders we're standing on and who gave us the map and the directions to get to a recovered life. And, you know, and it started with Ebby to Bill to the Dr. Silkworth, at, you know, adding, the, adding his opinion about the nature, the grave nature of the illness, and then Dr. Bob, and, uh, and then the third one. And then, you know, it, and they stayed, they stayed with it, you know. They they learned that you know not only did was this a, that one recovered person alcoholic or compulsive eater for us uh, carrying the message to another is the only way the mess that the compulsive eater are, will actually get it um, and you know I too was thinking um, oh and then and then you know they had a sufficient number of members in a couple of years that um, the membership was convinced that a new light had entered the world and it was now time to place their message before the world. <clears throat> and I too was thinking about uh, uh, vision for you in reading this, uh, you know, and I, I don't know the history, but it makes me want to go back and look, look more closely at the history of a vision for you. But what I get, you know, and this is in the world of compulsive, uh, compulsive eating over eaters anonymous. I, uh, I don't know how many people, but it was a, a few who wanted something different, you know, and who knew the message of recovery and were passionate about bringing it to a greater number and started this meeting, I think something like six years ago. And, uh, and they were recovered. They were carrying the light. They were carrying the message. And it has grown just exponentially, you know, now, I don't know, maybe 5,000 people compared to, you know, looking at the numbers who registered for the, uh, uh, as members in the group. But, and then, you know, and then there was, uh, there was a sufficient number, you know, I don't know, I just take it convinced that a new light had entered the, well, you know, the world of OA, the recovery world of OA, and they placed their message, you know, in a bigger place. They had, you know, there have been two conventions, and I've talked to uh, two A Vision for You conventions, um, and I've talked to, you know, women, uh, people who have been to those conventions whose lives were changed, and, you know, new people coming every day. I talked to people on the phone for the first time who say this mess this message is inspiring you know it has depth it has weight and you know and and as as the the beginning of each meeting tells us you know our primary purpose is to carry the message and the message that vision for you carries is that you can recover if you are abstinent and if you're practicing the 12 steps you know for us of overeaters anonymous and uh just uh it's really powerful for me and um I have a great deal of gratitude for those who came before us and AA and for those who came before me and a vision for you. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Reggie O. Sherry KB, you're up next, followed by Laura G. 
Good morning, Elaine. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California. Very grateful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you so much for your service, Elaine, and everyone on the line, and welcome everyone, newcomers and all. Um, I, you know, I, a lot has already been said that I wanted to say, so I'm going to try to find some other stuff here. Um, you know, it says here that the very first case was a desperate one and recovered immediately and became AA member number three. Um, you know, I, I just think about how, um, like people were saying, you know, if it weren't for people getting together and deciding to to put a a meeting on this line that was carrying this message, this message, the group of Vision for You group that is part of OA, not apart from OA, and that you know I happened to just happen to listen to it and. And and it kept growing, and I started listening to it in 2013. I think it was started in 2012, and I just know for a long, long time I yearned for a meeting, you know, uh, that I could wake up to at a reasonable time rather than 4 a.m. in the morning. And wouldn't you know, uh, February of this year we started this. You know, we we were lucky enough to start this. Uh, they call it Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. meetings, uh, 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time you know, that we got to do this, and um, and it's been building and building, and, you know, it's, it, I love the fact that this these paragraphs are talking about honesty around, you know, we started out small, we're building, we're doing, we're carrying this message, you know, we're, we're carrying this message of depth and weight, oops, and I didn't put myself on a timer, um, please time me, Elaine, thank you, um, <clears throat> And just just how you know we have our ups and downs, and that reminds me of sponsoring, and it reminds me of my own failings as a compulsive overeater trying to stay abstinent. Um, but you know, I didn't know that I had a twofold illness. I didn't know that the answer, that the key was just abstinence. But the, to be recovered is where it's at for me, and how I can stay that way and be abstinent happily, and still have problems going on in my life but still stay abstinent happily, wow. And so this, all this to me is about hope. This is about like the hope that I got on the line and listened to people who were carrying message of death and weight so that I could learn to get recovered and then I can carry this message of death and weight. And I feel like that's what I'm doing and it's so important to me and it's very near and dear to my heart. Um, and that, you know, that we went through a period and it even says here a new light and and entered the dark world of alcohol of the alcoholic. And you know what? It entered a dark world in my own life and in others I know through this book and how it can change and how we can carry this message back into our meetings. You know, back into the dark meetings that are not thriving that are are suffering that we can carry this message of death and weight and help others and be of service and to me that's what it's all about and it is a pioneer thank you and i'm just so grateful for all of you and that i pass thank you very much sherry kb laura g you're up next followed by sheila g thanks for your service am i being heard yes thank you Awesome. This is Laura G. in California, a uh, compulsive overeater. And um, I was thinking about the um, the part of the sentence where it says, um, the paragraph that says, uh, had picked up the basic ideas, and then it goes on to say um, they were trying to form their own groups or trying to form groups in other cities. And it makes me think about some of the things that come up for me with different um you know, different meetings and different labels and names of different meetings. And I, it, has, it brings up some kind of segregation for me or separation. Um, I always equated like, um, and I know it's from my background, you know, this one's better, this one's not right, some type of comparison, mm-hmm. some type of comparison thinking. And I, and I realized this morning that when it says um, it's explaining that, they, you know, they picked up basic ideas from each meeting and some people went off and they, they formed more groups. And it makes me think of the traditions. You know, there's some traditions that I really love and swear by and feel really it kind of helps dismiss that segregation and that comparing thinking. 
like the, the group, like tradition to our group purpose. There's but one ultimate authority, a loving higher power is expressed to our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted and servants. They do not govern. That's what it makes me compare it to in regards to this morning. You know, each form, each group that goes off and forms uh, are under the guidelines of um, the traditions, which keeps the room safe and helps continue to spread the message which is so huge like in vision for you it's so powerful and uh i like tradition five how it says um you know we have but one one primary purpose to carry the message so i'm thinking a lot about how i can be of service lately in a meeting i've been told before go where the meetings aren't strong where the big book isn't opened up and uh, it just gives me hope and encouragement. And thanks, I pass. Thank you very much, Lord G. Sheila G., you're up next. Star one to unmute, please, Sheila. Hi, Sheila can G. you hear me? Yes, we hear you now. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, um, this is Sheila G. from Virginia, um, newcomer, just brand new. Um, I'm just terribly nervous, but um, but I just really felt like I wanted to um, to share my voice uh, today. And um, when I read the paragraph and when I heard the paragraph this morning, um, what I experienced is the um, the weeness of the program. Um, and like I said, I'm very new and. I've only listened to the live meetings um, this week, and um, what I'm feeling is um, what has, is really drawing me to the program is just the the we the weeness um, in terms of Dr. Bob searching for other people to help, and then from him um, getting someone else, and then from there it blossoming and growing um, with a, with with multiple people. And um, because he probably could have, I'm not sure if he could have written the book um, by himself, but he chose to do it as a group. And so um, I'm just really hungry for um, that weeness and just the realization that I don't need to do this alone. And um, I'm so appreciative of the people who have been calling calling me this week because um, I do feel like I'm a part of uh, this fellowship, and for some reason I am identifying in, I'm identifying um, in with my higher power especially, and also with um, with the people on the line. And I'm also identifying very much so with the, uh, the big book. It seems to be drawing out just a lot of emotions, um, I felt very connected with um, the reading this morning. I felt almost like I was near tears. And um, I'm just, I, I, I don't know why I'm so touched, but I am. Um, I'm very moved. I'm moved by the speakers. I'm moved by um, the readings. I'm moved by the big book. Um, I'm also moved by my higher power. So I just wanted to express that this morning. I'm a newcomer. I'm I'm brand new. I'm very nervous, but I'm so glad that I was able to share this morning. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Sheila G. We're so glad that you're here and that you shared. All newcomers are welcome and welcome to share here on A Vision for You. Today, our shares are based on the reading in the big books, Forward to the Second Addiction, which is found on page XVII. We've read and are commenting on three paragraphs. Uh, The first paragraph on the page, starting with hence the two men, through three paragraphs, ending with a new phase of its pioneering time. Who would like to comment on those paragraphs today? Gina R. Carolyn C. Gina R. Carolyn C. Hello, my name is Beverly Melcher. Beverly. Raj G. Raj G. And one more. Wendy M. Wendy M. Okay. Uh, Carlo, I'm not sure if we'll have time for you today, but I'll put you down just in case we do, okay? So um, we're going to start with Gina R., followed by Carolyn C. Please go ahead, Gina. Thank you so much, Elaine. This is Gina R., gratefully recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body in Green Valley, Arizona. And um, 
I just also wanted to extend a, a very warm welcome to Sheila G and um, recognize the courage it took for her to speak up on this line and how important that is for someone like me to hear. It's very important for me to hear the recovered message, but to hear her, um, I'm focused on this word, uh, almost, or words almost frantically. I can hear that 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 frantic sense in in that voice, and it's it's not like a scary frantic. It's it's an excited frantic. It's an anticipatory frantic. It's a um, a sense that we know we know that that there is an option now where we can get out and when I'm imagining those two men setting to work almost frantically, um, that's, that's what I'm, I'm seeing in my mind's eye. Just the elation that they know that they have got something that is going to work for other people. And the only thing that they're focused on is carrying that message. Um, I am having an experience here where I'm, I've been doing what had been, has been suggested just show up and um, don't or, or have courage to share what is in the big book and I have been getting some blowback from that um, and because I am working these steps and I'm able to tease out what my part is in it and what the other person's part is in it I don't have to be responsible for um, someone else being disturbed and as a matter of fact this book actually tells us that our job is to go about creating disturbance for people because that is the only way we get this and two of the people that I have disturbed um, they're not shunning me if if anything they're realizing that how they're doing it is only working for a certain number of people and so they are asking me to uh, come alongside and fill that gap where they're not ready to go yet and that's how I view it they just aren't ready to, to dive into the big book they've been doing it their way um, how they've seen it in the OA rooms and that's fine I don't have to judge their program if it's working for them super but they recognize that there are people in those rooms suffering and they don't know what to do and they are extending invitation to me to help them. And so for that, I am very grateful, and I will pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Tina R. Carolyn C., you're up next, followed by Beverly. Hi, this is Carolyn C. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you for all the service being done this morning and for this meeting. Um, this is Carolyn C. Gratefully Recovered for today in Colorado. And um, I've been doing a lot of reflecting lately. And when I'm hearing these um, forewords, I keep going back to just sort of the, the time that this, this book was written and the, when the first pioneers were getting together and finding fellow members and people who could hear the message and wanted to hear the message. And, and it, was, it was a crazy time in history. There was a lot of chaos and unrest. And when I came to this program a year ago, my life was in chaos and unrest. And especially this time of year, you know, any newcomers that are coming in or listening to these calls this time of year, I so relate a year ago of just feeling crazy, of like my body vibrating from the like energy around me, the holidays, and how in the world can I do this program with the holidays going on around me? And for the first few months, I I didn't fully do the program. I came to the meetings and I listened to the meetings. What was important is I heard the message of hope and I wanted that. I wanted a life that was happy, joyous, and free from the food obsession and I wanted a spiritual solution. And I wasn't sure how that was going to happen, but gosh darn it, I was going to stay and I was going to listen and I was going to do the work. And, um, and now, you know, I... 
I am recovered, but it is only one day at a time. And a year ago, as in now, there are moments where I hear people stressing out about what's coming up, the next holiday, and this and that, and the energy, the collective energy around us gets a little wackadoodle. And, you know, my message or my, you know, what I want to share with the newcomer today is just to really hold on to it is one day at a time. And all these voices that we hear on the phone are the same story. We each are working this one day at a time. And I'm so grateful to be able to wake up, hear your voices, know that we're all doing this work, and that together we can seek a spiritual solution. This is not... A program that works in isolation and I'm saying that for myself because I need to remember that with the craziness of the holidays and the different stresses that come up um, and the chaos that can occur in the world around us that we need each other we need the spiritual program of action we need to help out and reach out to each other and I need to do that I need to make sure that I'm working this program a day at a time and I'm so grateful you're all here and I hope you all have a wonderful, blessed day. Thanks for letting me share. Thank okay. you. <laughs> Thank you very much, Carolyn. Um, Beverly, may we please have the first initial of your last name before you share? And you'll be followed by Roz G. Beverly? Star one to unmute. Beverly? Rajji, why don't you go ahead and then we will come back to Beverly, okay? Okay. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> Thank you, Raj. Well, okay. Good good morning. Uh, my name's Roz G and it's Veterans Day and I have the day off. I'm able to share here. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered in Los Angeles County. Well, I love, I'll probably share a little differently just to avoid, you know, repetitiveness. And what I'd like to say is that um, I'm really grateful for the historians or the people who have studied the history in AA. Um, in this meeting, I have learned so much. Um, I think that uh, some of the, 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 the faithful and um, consistent members that share almost daily on this meeting know more about AA than some AAs. And I'm not being comparative. I'm just saying, I'm not trying to, to down anybody. I'm just saying, wow, what quality we have in, in, the, in this meeting, quality of, of, of knowledge of the history, which I have learned from. Um, and so uh, I just think about how the first, the first meeting uh, started in New York. In, in the fall of 1935, the first AA group had actually been formed, but nobody realized it. And uh, I, you know, for me, New York is a big deal. You know, I'm on the, I'm on the West Coast, so traveling to New York is like Frank Sinatra for me, you know, just getting excited, the lights, thinking about, um, uh, you know, the concrete jungle. Oh, it's like Mary Tyler Moore for me. And when I went to New York, uh, I've been there three times. So the first time I went, I went to Ellis Island and uh, I was able to just like picture the immigrants coming in and having to um, register and, you know, having to be wait, uh, wait, they had to wait to see if they were sick, if they could, you know, if they were able financially. But what the, the point I'm trying to make is, is that there's history in New York, abundant history. And, included in that abundant history is the first group of AA being formed. And I also just want to say as I close that I'm glad that, you know, this book does not fool around with words. It's okay to fail. There were failures. And it's okay to fail. I, at, at least I can admit that I have failed with sponsoring. I have failed with food. I have failed. But guess I got back up. I followed the basics. And God worked the miracle in me, and now I don't obsess on food anymore. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much. Yeah, this Rajji. is Beverly. May I share? Yes, please go ahead, Beverly. May we please have the first initial of your last name? And yeah, that's Wendy fine. Um, you'll be, My name Wendy is Beverly Wendy will be right back. 
Beverly R. from Gaithersburg, Maryland, Eastern Standard Time. And I had to go come come out of the meeting and go back in because of a problem with my phone. Anyway, I just wanted to claim my seat and say the message of the big book for me is, listen, man, there is hope. Listen, man, there is hope. And many, many years ago when I came into the 12-step rooms, I read through the big book very quickly. And that was the message it gave to me with all those stories of hope and recovery. And we still have that hope today. And I just wanted I just wanted to reach out to the people who are struggling with their abstinence. People are perpetual relapsers like I used to be. I used to be a chronic relapser. And um, even now I still have some slips, but I can identify them and move on. And I'm a recovered sponsor, and I'm reaching out to people with problems with relapse, problems with abstinence, and I'm asking them to call me. I'll, be, I'll leave my number at the appropriate time. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, don't to the newcomer, don't quit before the miracle happens. And I am a walking, talking miracle. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much, Beverly. Glad you were able to get back in and share with us. Um, Wendy, um, you're up next. We have about four minutes. Um, if you can do two minutes yes. each or, oh, that would be great. Then we'll have some time for Carlo too. Thank you so much, Wendy. Yes. That's thoughtful. So, um, hi, I'm Wendy. I'm re- gratefully recovered. Um, compulsive overeater in Boulder, Colorado. So happy to be on the line. Thank you all for your service. Um, and I'll make it quick. So the word frantic definitely pops out for me. Um, when I'm in a room and I get to go to five face-to-face meetings a week, um, when I'm in a room, you know, all I can think about is share this message. And what do you wish, what do I wish somebody said to me in the room? Right. So hearing things like the nature of the disease, talking about the, you know, physical allergy and the obsession of the mind, I would have wanted to hear entire abstinence, you know, and yesterday I was at a meeting and I just went for it. I just shared this book um, because I frantically want others to have what I have been given so freely. And um, I do. I just want to share it. I I can't really stop myself. I just keep going um, because I need to hear it, but also because I need to share it. I so, so want somebody else to get the gift of this book. Um, And the other thing I wanted to say is um, it says desperate, you know, and I, whenever someone wants to work with me, I always start with, are you desperate? Are you out of ideas? And, you know, I love it when they say they're desperate. I love it when they say they're out of ideas they're ready. At least I was. I was desperate a year and a half ago. Um, and then finally, just the fact that there's this, that they named themselves Alcoholics Anonymous um, was so brilliant because today when I go out in the world and I'm talking to people and they say, well, what, what is this thing you're doing? OA? I say, have you heard of Alcoholics Anonymous? And always somebody has. And it's just so nice to be able to connect the dots so that I can explain in two seconds what OA is by just saying it's like AA. It's like Alcoholics Anonymous. And, and I love the shortcut, you know, so that I can get to the heart of what it is I do. And I'm very open about being in OA. Um, I would, you know, I do it because I want to plant seeds if, they, if, if it can be helpful to somebody who's suffering. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Wendy M. Carlo P., we've got just a couple minutes for you, but we'd love to hear your shares. Carlo P.? Awesome. I'm here. Great. Thank, thank you so much for everyone that does service. And, yeah, just really loving the, um, the preface to the big book. And really what's sunk in for me today is just um, the gratitude of having this textbook and these meetings and sponsorship and everything that's been laid out through the big book, it's like, it's really studying. And that's one of the greatest gifts of this program and the continual use of it is, you know, first of all, doing the steps for ourselves, then helping others through the steps and, you know, paying attention to the instructions of the big book. 
and my experience is as an addict, my mind is very, very powerful, and it can go powerful in either direction. It can go powerfully negative and depressed, and it can go powerfully positive. So the studying, this focus, really channeled my mind and my spirit in a beautiful way, and I need to do it every day. So that's where the frantic comes in, and you know, um, you know, the best parts, uh, you know, the most happy, joyous, and free parts of my life have been when I've been really, really just into this work, into the steps, into doing what I need to do. So, with that said, just you know, a lot of what's being talked about in these intro parts of the book is how the program's grown, and you know, I'm just seeing that with my sponsee right now, and. You know, he's starting to attract people that are coming around him and sponsoring other other guys and, you know, people are coming on to him. So it's seeing this evolution, and it's just really beautiful to have this focus and this um, system that works to keep us recovered one day at a time and in the solution. And, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I got for today. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Carlo P., and thank you to everyone who shared today. We'll now transition the meeting um, by reading the big book, uh, page 164, A Vision for You. And um, Patty L.C., could you please read that for us? Yes, thank you, Elaine, and thank you for your service. This is Penny L.C., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in the state of Washington. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you.